1: He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain.
0: Welcome to the show. When pain overwhelms us, we feel compelled to ask, why did this happen to me? Did I do something wrong? Is this experience a curse from God? Religion is an important aspect of life for many people, and often not discussed in the healthcare setting. Yet, people often rely on their faith when faced with difficult medical issues, like pain. Answers to spiritual questions are not easy because faith is personal. There are, however, persons who have studied scriptures and dedicated their lives to helping us gain spiritual enlightenment while providing guidance along the journey. Two such individuals are with us to help clarify the question Rabbi Mark Strauss Cohn and Father Paul Holland. Please join us as we examine the question Is pain a curse from God?
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Mylan Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Horizon Pharma, Pentec Health, Boston Scientific, and Optimal Pain Control. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com That's achesandgains at gmail.com
0: Rabbi Mark Strauss Cohen serves as the Rabbi of Temple Emanuel in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He attended UCLA and holds advanced degrees from Lehigh University and the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion in Jerusalem, Israel, and Cincinnati, Ohio. He balances rabbinic duties in an active congregation, as well as communal engagements as a clergy member in Winston-Salem. On a very personal note, Rabbi strauss Cohn and I have known each other since kindergarten. We grew up together in Moraga, California, a suburb of San Francisco, and have been close friends since those early days. Rabbi strauss Cohn, welcome to Aches and Gains.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be with you.
0: Is pain a curse from God? This is really an age-old question that many of us have grappled with at one time or another. How can pain and suffering be viewed from the Jewish perspective?
2: We can go right back into the Bible and into Genesis. And when we get the story of why women have pain in childbirth, and that somehow this is a result of something that we've done to ourselves and that God inflicts on us. And that is, um, that is, I would say, the most traditional viewpoint in the Jewish world.
0: But Mark, didn't those beliefs change after the Holocaust?
2: After the Holocaust, a lot in the, in the Jewish world stopped and said, wait a second, I, I don't think that this is really the theology that we believe in that God is somehow going to do that to us. In fact before the Holocaust there were plenty of Jews and and said the same thing. He said, This is not a God that we that we're comfortable with or that we think that God is sending us a message through our pain and through our suffering. But rather that suffering and pain are, are simply the result of events that happen to us physically, uh, through illness, um, or because of evil that man brings upon man. But but that's not to say God is out of the picture. God comes in the form of the of the compassion that is given by nurses and by doctors and caregivers who are there with us. God comes in the, in the good acts of, of people who take care of us, um, but not in the. God is not the cause of the pain.
0: Is there a reason that God might want us to experience pain?
2: If God is intervening in the world, then surely there must be a meaning behind it. There must be a reason for God to be doing something. Um, I'm not a believer in an interventionist God that way. You know, if we look in the book of Job, when things turn so bad for Job, and Job just lashes out about what's happening, and his friends, his supposed friends who come to comfort him, they look at Job and they say, boy, all these bad things that are happening to you must be happening for a reason. God, you must have done something wrong. And Job is saying, well, I haven't done anything. God comes back with a response to not really answer him, to say, you don't, you don't know the larger picture of what's going on and how to understand things. We, as the reader of the book of Job, we know exactly why it's happening. But Job, who's inside of it, he doesn't know what's happening, and God puts him in his place and says, you don't you don't understand the larger picture here. When we try to understand pain or think that there's some kind of a, we look for justice and fairness, I think we're going to be left pretty empty-handed because we see a lot of people suffering, and there's a lot of pain. The question is not, why is this happening? But rather, how do we deal with it? But at the end of the day, someone's hurting. And so what are we going to do? That very much is the Jewish response, is what are we going to do because this is happening?
0: Mark, do you have people come to you in pain and say, why me? Or this isn't fair? What do you say to them? I
2: don't know why. I just don't know. But in working together through the struggle and the tears and everything that come with it, that there can be strength on the other side.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Does physical pain affect the soul in any way?
2: It can, but, you know, maybe it goes the other way, too. That when someone is suffering from physical pain and we sit and pray together or sing a song together or listen to some music or whatever it may be, or a group of people come and say a prayer... uh, that that comfort that you can feel in your soul can ease some of the physical pain. The people who know that there are people praying for them or participate in prayer, that that helps them through their illness.
0: I agree. When we come back from the break, we'll ask Rabbi strauss Cohen about whether pain can be interpreted as positive. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Mylan Pharmaceuticals, one of the world's leading generic pharmaceutical companies. Discover why at Mylan, quality isn't just a claim, it's a cause we've made personal at seeinsidemylan.com. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives. Reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home.
0: Welcome back. Mark, can pain be interpreted as positive in that it leads us to progress on a spiritual path?
2: There, I would say that there, there could be positive results from the pain. I wouldn't want to look at it as, I need pain in order to get me on a good spiritual path. But the result of the pain could be a positive thing. Not that we want, we want to bring that about. <laughs> right? but that we could take that physical pain and wind up going through something that we never would have experienced otherwise.
0: And I've seen patients uh, do exactly what you describe. A Jewish proverb says, not to have felt pain is not to have been human. It seems like there's a connection between pain and being human, but is there a link between pain and God? I don't see
2: a, I don't see a link between pain and God. When you look into the creation story of the pain of a woman in childbirth is a result of the whole serpent story. For me, I don't accept that story as absolute truth. And I don't think that women are in pain in childbirth as a result of the serpent. I think women are in pain in childbirth because... It hurts to get eight pounds out of you <laughs> in a narrow place. So I don't see that connection between God and pain.
0: Mark, do you find that uh, people renew their faith when pain strikes, or do many lose their faith in God?
2: Well, here's a good Jewish answer, which is yes. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> both. I mean, absolutely, there are people who just, when that pain has happened, they suddenly they <clears throat> will say, well, this is not for me. And, and pride goes the other direction more, which is that people say, I really need those prayers now. And, and, and people will say, I, I'm on a healing list at the temple, but I'm also on a healing list of my friends' churches and then whatever else, because they feel like the more people who are praying for them, the better.
0: Absolutely. You know, I feel like the cumulative efforts of interfaith communities can be very powerful, uplifting, and healing. Living in pain can be an enormous challenge, and patients try to use all resources available to cope with the experience. Many turn to religion and spiritual practices to help them cope. How effective do you believe religion can be in lowering
2: pain? I think religion can be effective. I think that, that chance to connect with people, to connect with God, to connect with a, a clergy member, to connect with the ancient text those are all places where it's another avenue to deal with what's happening in life. While it's not that the doctors and the nurses aren't aware of a soul being present, very much so, I often feel when I walk into a hospital room that I'm a part of a team. And my role in that is to focus on the soul work.
0: I believe that both roles are equally important, in fact. Uh, Mark, does prayer help alleviate pain? Prayer, when it's
2: effective for us, it's taking us to another place. The Prayer is not going to remove the pain in my knee or wherever, but the prayer is going to help lift my soul and help give me comfort. And on one level, distract me from what's happening, but help me get through this. If we pray for pain relief, what we're praying for is an inner strength to work through that pain.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel that prayer, like music, has the ability to transcend the physical and lift us out of our pain and suffering. Mark, is there a particular prayer for people in pain?
2: We offer a prayer on every Sabbath here, it's called Misha Berach, and it goes, May the one who has blessed our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, blessed, and then we will say a person's name, and that God should give them a refuashlema, a healing that is completion and of peace. And it should be a healing that is of both body and soul. And the strength of the prayer comes in the community, sitting there and singing and saying the words together with everyone, all those names of the people in mind who we want to have healed, And that sends out a very strong, positive energy, which we can call God. And it's not that God is going to intervene, but that all that good wishing and prayer and intention of our hearts can have a, if I dare say, a cosmic impact.
0: Finally, for those who have a faith in God, what will strengthen them and help them get through pain and suffering?
2: I think that we all, as human beings, as spiritual beings, suffer from pain but are comforted by people around us who want to bring comfort, uh, have a listening ear, and have an open mind and heart to being a sharing presence with somebody. Is there a unique approach for somebody who is Jewish? I think that when we invoke Jewish prayers and the Hebrew is spoken or sung, that that draws a connection that is unique for someone who's grown up Jewish um, or is converted into Judaism because they, they hear that, that language that is our people's language for 3,000 years, and kind of transported through those words or melodies um, in a very positive
0: way. Rabbi Mark Strauss-Cohn, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Up next is Father Paul Holland, who will share the Catholic perspective on pain and suffering. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. Horizon Pharma a biopharmaceutical company that develops and commercializes innovative medicines to target unmet therapeutic needs in arthritis, pain, and inflammatory diseases. Pentech Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity.
0: Welcome back to our show on whether pain is a curse from God. Father Paul Holland serves as the rector of the Jesuit community at Fairfield University and is the vocation coordinator for Connecticut. He holds an undergraduate degree from Harvard University and advanced degrees from Boston College and the University of Notre Dame. He completed his seminary studies at the Jesuit School of Theology at Berkeley, California. His years of study, teaching, and service have led him from Israel and Australia to Zambia and back again to the United States. Father Holland and I have remained good friends since I served as an altar boy in the seventh grade. We continued our friendship during my college years, and then he later married me and my wife, Dana. Father Holland, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. It seems the human being searches for reasons why something bad happens to them. If we lead a good life following God's laws, well, then why does God allow us to suffer in pain? The Christian perspective will focus on the claim that in the flesh of Jesus— the Son of God, the the
3: one who is both fully human and fully divine, that God, God's very self, experiences what suffering is like, what pain is like. In the history of the world, before Jesus, the Christian claim would go, humans legitimately could ask, well, what does God know about pain? That happens to humans, but not to to God. But once once you posit the incarnation, that, that Jesus is fully human as well as fully divine, then The assertion is that God, God's very self, suffers in some fashion. It's the cross, says the Christians, that turns on its head that objection that God really doesn't know that. And so in this kind of view, it seems to me, the invitation to the person is to enter into a close communion with Jesus on his cross and to share with Jesus all of the agony, the loneliness, the fear, the sense of isolation, the anxiety, which individuals experience when they're in significant and long-lasting pain. And then the invitation is to let Jesus enfold the individual. And in that communion, the individual might be offered a glimpse of the pain of the wider world and begin to experience compassion for everybody else who is broken and wounded and suffering.
0: Paul, as a priest, how do you respond to someone who feels that that their pain is a result of sins that have been committed in the past?
3: The interesting thing is that the Gospels don't immediately counteract that. They sort of accept some some validity to that, not that God is punishing people. The response I think one makes pastorally is to help people both explore that reality of their past sense of having done some things that were really gross violations of their own moral understanding, but then to help them not only experience God's healing and forgiveness and transformative grace of that experience, but then also to invite them into uh, sharing their physical pain, which is not a not a result immediately of that. It's not a. It's not a cause. It's not, it's not God putting that on them. But then to invite Jesus into that equation of their physical suffering.
0: Right. So it seems like it's the communion with Jesus that really takes us outside of ourselves and, and away from the pain. Paul, do do Catholics, Christians, and, and the major religions of the world converge on an approach to pain and suffering?
3: The the great uh, religions of the world ultimately converge at that place of profound compassion. And compassion means to suffer with, to be part of the suffering of others. Once you get to that level, denominational differences and theological differences become much more relativized. So I think that the, the uh, invitation is to let that um, experience of real pain, it can, either, it can either callous you or harden you or turn you just inside yourself and make you um, just self-absorbed or it can be an invitation into that larger, wider world of recognizing your common humanity with everybody else who's under the gun. Everybody else who is in pain and suffering. And I think that's the convergence point, I think, of all the great religions.
0: Exactly. I think it's that human connection that can make all the difference. Paul, religion can be a saving grace for many of us, but, but some feel hopeless or unable to change things because life life's events may be fixed by God. Do you hear this from people? The Christian
3: response that God's very self, uh, instead of abandoning them or fixing them, Uh, has embraced and entered in with them, in solidarity with them. And the the risen Christ has broken apart that stranglehold of suffering and pain and hopelessness and death and opens a new possibility. And the story of Judaism is precisely that of God breaking into impossible situations of slavery, of estrangement, of exile, of destruction— and opening a whole new future, unimagined, when you're in the middle of the chaos and the uh, the loss.
0: Yeah, you know, at that level, uh, Christianity and Judaism aren't that far apart. I mean, it seems like they're both emphasizing the possibility of transcending the pain. When we come back from the break, we'll talk to Father Holland about what he says to people when they say, this isn't fair. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Optimal Pain Control by Franklin Pharmacy, a state-of-the-art compounding pharmacy that provides alternatives to oral pain medications. Contact us toll-free at 888-482-3972. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's PaulChristoMD.com.
0: And we're back. Paul, when people come to you in pain and say, why me? or this isn't fair, what do you say to them? Well, the first response is to agree with them. It
3: isn't fair. Suffering is never fair. What you can do is be with them and recognize, acknowledge anyway, the depth of that wound and that fear. And that, that sense of loss, that sense of, of being abandoned or rejected, if you're not one of those people who are chronically bowed down by, um, by real suffering and, and agony, you just can't know what that person really is experiencing.
0: I agree. So it seems from a Catholic Christian perspective, pain and suffering might be a method of transforming us to a greater depth of understanding our humanity and Jesus.
3: Um, yes, I believe that is the case. It's also the case to always remember that there is no such thing as a um, a life without any suffering and pain. And Scott Peck wrote some years ago in The Road Less Traveled that what constitutes sin for most people is the attempt to avoid legitimate suffering. Everybody else that we're encountering is fighting some kind of very desperate struggle. And to the extent that we could see each other through those eyes... We would have much more compassion, much more forgiveness, much more healing and love and and care for each other and a lot less um, harsh criticism, uh, marginalization, uh, dismissal of them, uh, condescension towards them.
0: Yes, that parallels Rabbi Cohn's feeling that uh, compassion and interconnectedness can modify the experience of pain. Uh, Paul, how effective do you believe religion can be in lowering pain?
3: Oh, I think there have been a number of studies that have indicated that meditative techniques and prayer techniques um, have uh, very specific physiological um, results. Those do indeed change brain chemistry and change uh, the way in which the body is experiencing its physical pain. And again, I think that's because there is
0: this very strong nexus of body, mind, and spirit. If we pray for pain relief, and our our pain does subside, what should our response be? I mean, thanks, and and what took so long? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, clearly one of the temptations is to
3: say, and yeah, where were you for the last eight (laughs) months?
0: That's right. Or whatever.
3: Um, But the deeper uh, question is always, where was I? Why did it take me so long to... Um, get to the point of acceptance, that the core of what it means to be a human being is to be invited into and called into a profound relationship with God, God who has only one desire, and that is to have us be part of God's life for all of eternity.
0: Paul, can pain somehow make us more receptive to God's love? and more capable of receiving that love. Our capacity for God's love is never adequate to the love that God wishes to give us. So it is the
3: case, and the great mystics talk specifically about this, of this kind of passive purification that comes about through um, suffering and loss and and setbacks and struggles and difficulties, in which uh, our capacity is stretched open Uh, so that God can indeed love us more and put more of God's love into us and into our hearts.
0: You know, I've wondered whether the element of fear that's involved in the experience of pain is really related to the fear of death.
3: Yes, I think that probably is an accurate observation. There is a level of courage. You know, you think about somebody who is in chronic pain. There's courage of just getting out of bed in the morning. It's an act of courage to, um, when somebody who's there to be of assistance to you, they do something that, um, you know, they're not, they're not understanding or they're, they're uh, doing something that, that um, it, you don't, you're not finding helpful. It's an act of courage not to take their head off. Right. But in fact, to say thank you. All of those are simple little ways of um, recognizing that I'm afraid but not letting that fear dictate how I act. And that kind of courage is not something that you kind of pull out of a bottle at the, the moment when, uh, when the crisis comes. That's something that you build on daily in your life before the crisis ever comes.
0: And Paul, finally, what can we tap to get us through pain that may be brief or pain that may last a lifetime?
3: It is compassion more than any other dimension of the, all of the great world religions, which unites us all together in our common humanity and helps us see each other the way God sees us as beloved and broken
0: and beautiful Father Paul Holland I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains My pleasure
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic Mylan Pharmaceuticals Purdue Pharma Endo Pharmaceuticals Horizon Pharma Pentec Health Boston Scientific and Optimal Pain Control Follow us on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like us on Facebook Aches and Gains The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.